0: For an inside look at the state's biggest footy league, it's the Monday Waffle. Hello, you are listening to the Monday Waffle. I'm Jesse Dolly jones joined by Connor Malice. And Connor, mate, there was uh, some of these scores this round of footy, mate, round 12. The uh, goals are tough to come by, weren't they? Yeah, I
1: was rubbing my eyes at the end when I saw a full-time. I thought it was only half time with these scores, <laughs> Jesse. Um,
0: well, i tell you what, though. The, uh, the weather was certainly a factor. I mean, all five games on the Saturday afternoon, it was bucketing down rain all across Perth. But uh, probably not one for the archives, was it?
1: No, certainly not like to these guys credit there was some really close games to so, uh, West Perth Thunder game really yep. close and I mean towards the fourth quarter legs were heavy you're just running in mud you're soaked your boots are wet socks are just soaking and yeah it's just not a good feeling but uh, I mean, all teams stuck it out, and we had a really good round of waffle footy.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, the games were still very close, weren't they? I was watching the Swans uh, Perth game in Bassendean on the Saturday, and you know, obviously both teams had to adjust in those conditions. But with that being said, it was still a very close game of football, and we'll kick off with that one there, Connor. So the Swan Districts getting over the top of the Demons, nine eleven sixty five seven six forty eight, cementing their place in the top five for the time being. How'd you see that one?
1: Yeah, well, as you said, Swans are now two games ahead of Peel. So there's uh, eight points between them now. But, I mean, Perth came out to play, didn't they? They were leading at half time 6-2 to the Swans' two goals, five. But Swans answered back and still blew over in normal Swans fashion, didn't they? <laughs> kicking five goals, four in that third quarter and leaving Perth only kicking one goal, four. It was such a
0: massive win for the Swans, wasn't it? Like you said, just to get that buffer over the Peel Thunder and East Perth and just to, to get an eight-point lead with, what is it, six, six weeks left in the home-and-away season. Like it's, It could be that win for them that, while it wasn't pretty, it might just be the difference between playing September football and you know missing the cut Sitting at the out. end of the
1: year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in a perfect world, I think they would have preferred dry weather and to get some more, bump up that percentage a little bit, but you can't argue four points.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, outstanding win for the Swans there. Thomas Edwards booting four goals for the home side, and Adam Clark collecting 30 disposals for the Swannies, and uh, Corey Byrne, he was the demon's best with 27 touches for the game. And uh, crossing over now to the second game on the Saturday, the one that we were anticipating would be the game of the round, but it uh, ended up being a one-sided affair. The Bulldogs getting the better of Claremont by 34 points, and Tough one for Claremont, wasn't it? They just, you know, couldn't get any score on the board.
1: Yeah, only kicking three goals, three for the game. And uh, Smallwood kicking two of those with Bailey Rogers kicking the other one. But, yeah, kicking three goals, three for (laughs) four quarters. I bet you the doggies were spewing, hey? They had 20 scoring opportunities. But it just goes to show that when the wind and kicking a waterlogged bit of leather just absolutely kills you. What normally you can kick 50 comfortably is now a 30-meter kick out in front. That's going to be on edge.
0: Well, exactly right, too. And I mean, like you said, 20 scoring shots to six, they they could have won by a lot more. And, you know, obviously the weather sort of got in the way of that because, like you said, slippery ball, heavy ball it certainly makes it tougher getting those set shots at goal. All individual goal kickers, too, for the Bulldogs. So they were spreading the load. There was no one bloke who they were looking to really dominate, which which is sort of the case, I suppose, in where the footy a. I I mean, if you're looking through one lens and focusing on one key forward all game, it's probably not going to work out for you, is it?
1: Yeah, exactly right. And it was great for them. A bit of confidence with Florenka uh, still out. Brendan Archie stepping up, getting 29s, and Vera getting 28, with Schloith uh, showing up, getting 26 and a goal for himself. But goes, I mean, for Claremont too, Jai Bolton still managing to get 33 in the wet with 22 kicks. It's impressive, isn't it? 11 man? hand passes too, I mean... Vera was on fire. He got nine tackles. Sloith had 12 tackles. Like, I mean, I know it's close proximity footy, but, you know, tackling takes it out of you in the best of times. So.
0: And it, it was a massive percentage uh, swing too on the ladder, wasn't it? I mean, South Fremantle, they were behind a game and percentage behind Claremont going into this one. And now not only are they equal on points, but they're actually 10% now on yeah. the ladder. So they've snuck into third now.
1: Yeah South I mean yeah sitting third but yeah look only Nate takes he's free to slip up and Souths are now second but exactly we right. were just saying we don't know if South will make it to the top 5 considering their loss to the uh the Eagles but yeah look at they brought brought it back with a vengeance Jesse
0: Yeah well our our mid-season review uh well, last week it was um, we were talking about how close it was and how we're going to see teams break away over the next three to four weeks. Well, it's sort of happened this round already with the Swanies and then South getting the jump on Claremont on the ladder. But uh, East Fremantle, Connor, knocking off Subiaco nine eleven sixty five six four forty, and uh, can probably just about put the queue in the rack for the Lions. Unfortunately,
1: yeah, I mean we did touch on it last week too. Um... We weren't surprised by this score, but, yeah, look, it's pretty devastating to have your premiership side from last year, not making it to finals, or, yeah, not even having a sniff at finals this year. Pretty upsetting, but just goes to show how great this competition has been this year, and Sharky's coming through, showing why they're a top, possibly two-side squad.
0: Well, I think it's a credit to how the rest of the competition has caught up. I mean, Subiaco, they've dominated for well over a decade now. Not not only have they won premierships, they've belted opposition. They've belted opposition on grand final day. They've just absolutely dominated. I I, think, you know, you, you, you can't point to another state league in this country, really, where a team has been as dominant as, as what Subi have in the waffle, but now seven seven games left in the season, three games out of the five. It'll just be a, probably a bridge too far to climb.
1: Yeah, and that's especially when we're talking about Swanies and Peel right now battling it out. There's a two-game gap between those two, but I mean, Swannies do have a pretty tough gig on the ride home and Peel might have it a bit more on the easier side. But, yeah, look, I don't see Subiaco being in that mixture, making it that top five.
0: Yeah, I couldn't imagine it now. Crazy to think. Seven games, uh, well, seven weeks left in the season and uh, Subiaco Lions already, you would think, out of contention, unfortunately. But uh, Blaine Bokhurst absolutely dominated for East Fremantle with 37 touches and Cameron Eardley, collecting 33 himself. Liam Hickmott for the Lions, collecting 32 touches. So putting in another good showing there for Subiaco. Now East Perth, Connor. It, it wasn't pretty, but they got the job done against West Coast, 7 8, 50 to 4 3, One of those wins that you sort of just tick off and uh, move on to the next one, I suppose.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there was only, how much was it? About 10 points in it in the third quarter. So Eagles are still right up there, but... It might have been like I said before, tired legs, wet. Um, Royals might have had the wind in the last quarter, just getting to the edge over the Eagles. But it's nice to see that the Eagles still have that bit of a fight left in them, and that the you know they might be playing in patches now, but that's how it's going to be. And you know, once they put it together, maybe a nice off season next season, uh, this off season, sorry, in the summer, we might see a bit more competitive nature with them.
0: Well, the Royals would have been nervous, wouldn't they? I mean, ten points up at three quarter time, the game was definitely far from over. But um but yeah, like you said, the Eagles they've they've been competitive this last month or so, getting the upset win over South, then giving the the Royals a run for their money. So they can be a team that can really shake up this top five at the end of the season and they've still got that many quality players, you know, teams above them on the ladder that are vying for final spots or vying for top two. They would be a little bit nervous taking on the Eagles, who have come into some better form this second half of the year. Hamish Brayshaw, the Royals captain, 35 touches for the game. Jackson Ramsey collecting 29 himself. And for the West Coast Eagles, Patrick Naish collecting 32 disposals. So a good showing from the young fellow there. Your mob, Connor, West Perth. They uh they left it to the last minute, didn't they? Oh Peel? god,
1: was I nervous? <laughs> I mean, Imagine. a nice look. I knew it was going to be a tough match against Peel. Like as we said before, they either with it one week and then not the next playing in patches. But when they show up, they're they're ready. So as we were saying as well, there they needed that game to make that bridge between that fifth spot where Swannies are sitting, and they they brought it. I mean, I was sitting there nervously. Um, but yeah, it was a close match all throughout. I mean, we didn't really take the lead till the fourth quarter anyway. I mean, this is why I think Peel can still be in the top five. They're giving it to the top team. I know it was wet conditions. Say what you want about it, but it goes to show that these guys are a real contender.
0: They'd be a danger team in September, wouldn't they? I mean, if they snuck into fourth or fifth on the ladder, you definitely would not want to play them. I mean, obviously the Dockers are going to be at the tail end of the AFL season, you would imagine, but there's still going to be that many quality players suiting up for Peel that if you have to play him in a final, <laughs> similar to the Swans in Bassendine, you you wouldn't really uh, want that scenario, would you?
1: Yeah, well, this is what I... I have the same theory with um, West Coast as I do Peel of Thunder. You know, whether you're thinking that you're coming in for an easy win or just trying to get a decent percentage and four points on the board and maybe arrest a couple of players coming into finals, I think that's when they'll capitalise on you. And like these guys, are, they know what's... They know the risk and they know what they want and they want that fifth spot. They might not make it to fourth, but, you know, they're eyeing off that fifth spot, and I'd be pretty concerned for Swannies if I'm honest.
0: It, it, it seems like an interesting matchup for West Perth, because we, we had Aaron Black on earlier in the season on the back of their round two win over the Thunder, which was by less than a kick as well. And it just seems like a tricky matchup for the Falcons, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I think it must just be the style that Peel brings, that kind of hard nut footy, not to say that. Falcons aren't about that either, but you know it's just that lockdown footy that's really.
0: Yeah, it's it's just a it's a thing about matchups in football, isn't it, Connor? I mean, if West Perth were to play, you know, you you could probably point to a couple of teams who are inside the top five right now and say that you know they'd be a better matchup for West Perth than what Peel Thunder would be. I mean, you'd still back the Falcons in a final over Peel. I mean, they are two and zip against them this season but yeah it's just an interesting thing you know when you come up against a team who you just have a, a tricky time against and Peel seem to be that for West Perth going to the the best on ground and Shane Nelson 33 disposals for the Falcons absolutely killed it in the midfield Tyler Cartell booting three for the home side there and Connor Blakely the Peel Thunder's best once again with 26 disposals and looking at the ladder now we've got West Perth first on the ladder. They've created a little buffer for themselves against East Fremantle, four points ahead. East on 32, South and Claremont and the Swans all tied on 28, and Peel and East Perth right on the tail of the top five
1: on 20 points. So, Jesse, before we move on there, we don't really touch on East Perth a lot.
0: No, no, we don't. Making
1: for finals, but they're still on 20 points. They're still a contender in this round, but do you see them making it into that top five spot?
0: I think they're they're every chance, mate. I really do. I think, um, look, I mean, what are they? Five and six. They've got a really strong percentage, which tells you that the games that they've fallen short in, it's been by very slim margins. They lost to Subiaco by a point earlier in the season. They've had a couple of other close losses throughout the season as well. But I just think they're the sort of team that can beat anyone on their day, similar to the Swans and Peel. Hamish Brayshaw, he's been... Exceptional this year, hasn't he? I mean, we've we've sort of raved about uh, Jesse Turner from the Swans and some of these other boys across the competition. Blaine Boakhurst at East Fremantle. Well, you know, Hamish Brayshaw is collecting similar numbers for East Perth, isn't he? But I I think you know between the Swans, the Thunder, and East Perth, whoever does get into that fifth spot, you would not want to be the team who finishes fourth, would
1: you? Oh God, no! It's not. Nothing's for certain in this in yeah. this. Season, nothing's for certain.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's going to be uh, very interesting to see. Still just too close to determine, isn't it? But moving on to round 13 now, Connor, and we'll put our tips in, and uh, we'll kick off with West Coast taking on East Fremantle at Mineral Resources Park on Saturday, and who have you got for that one?
1: Well, you'd have to hope the Sharkies get up here. I mean, we know we were saying before that the Eagles have found some form in this last half, but... Sharkies aren't dropping this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it'll be a walkover for the Sharks. I think West Coast will be competitive. I think if, if they can stay within that, you know, five, six goal mark, you know, keep it relatively close. I think that's sort of a pass, Mike, given how informed the Sharks have been as of late. But yeah, I'll, I'll back the Sharks in for that one by around 30 points. I think it'll be a a, a comfortable win for East Fremantle. Peel Thunder taking on Subiaco in Mantra. Who have you got?
1: Peel Thunder taking on Subi. Uh, oh, well, with my heart, it's a Thunder yep. beating Subi. That's what I want to see. I want to see Thunder try and have a crack at the top five spot to kind of spice it up yeah, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. They're still on the fence with me on these lower grade and on the bottom five sides.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Subiako, you know, they're they've accomplished so much over the last decade as we've alluded to and they're a very proud club as well they they will by no means be putting the queue in the rack they will still be bringing maximum effort every single game for the rest of the season mathematically there's still a chance although we've sort of put a line through them today haven't we but look they'll they'll be they'll be putting in for the rest of the season they definitely won't be putting the queue in the rack. They'll, and and they'll be a danger side for teams in that top five who are vying for positions, teams just outside who are trying to creep in. So, you know, they, they can they can cause some racket as well in terms of ladder positioning at the end of the year.
1: Uh, exactly it, Jesse. I mean, they're only four points, by, one win behind Peel and East Perth. So, you know, Swannies lose or anyone. I mean, we've got some pretty tough games. We've got Swannies, Doggies. Um, we got Falcons versus Claremont. So, you know, there's going to be, let's say, Going Claremont to be some lose, movement. let's say, yeah. Swanies lose, they're 28 points up um, still stay on 28 points, it allows these Peel under Thunder, East Perth, or yeah. to try and edge that, close that gap to one game, so everyone's playing for points this week.
0: As you just mentioned like four of the top five teams playing each other, I mean two of them have to lose don't they? So there will be, again more ladder movement come the, the end of the weekend, which is fantastic for the league. With that being said, Connor, I'll back Peel in as well, I think they'll be too strong for the Lions, and they'll just stick around and, and stay on the Swan District's heels at this point in the season. East Perth taking on the Perth Demons at Leaderville Oval. I'll have to back East Perth in for this one, Connor. I think they're playing some pretty good footy. Their record probably hasn't done justice to the sort of footy they've played this year. I think you've got to look more at their percentage as a measuring stick to how competitive they've been. I think they'll stay in the hunt for finals and get the job done against the Demons.
1: Look, I might go against you here, Jesse. I think Perth... Upset. Yeah, I'm feeling a little upset. I mean, I know the Royals would want to come out and win this, try and edge that closer, as you said, to the Swannies, but Perth have just been playing in patches, and I think if they're just going to put something together this week, it could be the upset. I mean, when you're sitting second last, no hopes of finals, what are you playing for at the end of the (laughs) day? It's like you could go down and have a beer with your mates afterwards, or you could try and and shuffle the ladder. You still have an impact on this league. Why not try and take someone out of the finals?
0: Well, they have they have a, um, a rivalry that goes way back, don't they, kind of the Demons and the Royals? So they ter- certainly take a lot of joy in uh, sort of ruining East Perth's season and putting them on the back foot. With that being said, though, it's a must win for the Royals, isn't it? I mean, similar to what we said about Subiaco last week against the Sharks. I mean, if, if they allow the Demons to get the better of them and then peel thunder, knock off Subi, maybe Swan Districts, get an upset win over South. it might just be a bridge too far to climb, won't it?
1: Exactly it, Jesse, exactly that. Yep.
0: Well, Claremont taking on West Perth at Revo Fitness Stadium. And uh, I think I'll back the home side in on this one, Connor. I reckon the Tigers, they'll be dirty with themselves about how they played against South. I think West Perth, they've had a couple of close calls these last couple of weeks, just getting over the line against the Peel Thunder. I think they're bound to probably slip up before season's end, mate, and I think this might be a game where uh, Claremont just might jump them from the get-go.
1: Yeah, I mean, Claremont, I mean, are three weeks, if you include the bye, without without a win. Their last win was against East Frio. They dropped one to the Royals, Um, dropped one last week. They could come out with a vengeance. Maybe West Perth can hit them while they're down a bit more. Maybe go, look, I don't think you're worthy of a top-two spot. <laughs> Uh see you down in fifth, maybe. Look, I'm going to back the Falcons in. I know you said they might need a slip-up, but I don't see it being against Claremont this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just think in terms of... Look, it's going to be... It will definitely be a close game, won't it? I think those two midfields, probably the best two midfields we've got going in the comp at the moment. Obviously, Claremont <laughs> weren't at their best uh, on Saturday against South. But, yeah, mate, I just reckon uh, Claremont, I think they'll come out. They're on their home deck. Like you said, three losses in a row, being seven and one now seven and four and sort of clinging on to that, you know, vine for that top two spot. So I reckon they'll get it done against the Falcons there. South Fremantle taking on Swan Districts at Fremantle Oval. Who have you got for that one?
1: Look, this could be the match of the round. Yep. I mean, West Perth could lose their top spot. Doesn't really matter. It won't impact too much, but these guys are basically batting for fifth spot this week, essentially. I gonna go with the underdogs of the Swannies. Yep. South the Back half of this season, haven't been playing too well. They haven't given me any convincing where they're going to be out and performing strong like East Free or West Perth have at the moment. Do I see them making finals? Absolutely. I don't think they're going to drop out by any means, but this will be the game of the rounds. And I think Swanee's, even though they're not at home, I think they've been playing some fantastic footy and trying to prove that they deserve like a third spot.
0: i tell you what, this has all the makings of a... One goal, two goal margin, doesn't it? I mean, it's it's, gonna be, it's definitely going to be tight, isn't it? I mean, Swan districts, they'd be feeling pretty good about themselves right now. Obviously, South trying to regain some form, which they did do against Claremont, and they'll look to continue that. With that being said, Connor, whoever loses this game, it, it's, they, they will drop to fifth, you would, you would think. And look, whether that's South or the Swans, Peel Thunder get the job done against Subiaco, East Perth get the better of the Demons. Then once again, four points inside the top five and you know, just making things that much tougher for themselves.
1: This match could well and truly decide who makes it to finals and who doesn't because when you've got two blokes knocking out the door saying, let me in, and you've got a third and fifth playing against it, they're like, beautiful, give it, let me at them.
0: <laughs> it's it's going to be a tough one, isn't it? With, with all that being said, Connor, I think South will get it done. I think they're trying to push for that top two spot now. All they need is for... East Fremantle or West Perth to have a slip up here or there. The back end of the season, if they keep getting wins on the board, they might just be able to creep into that top two and earn themselves a double chance heading into September. But uh, look, mate, seven weeks left in the season and uh, it's just getting more and more exciting, isn't it?
1: Isn't it just, Jesse? I mean, we can't even predict the t- who's sitting where. <laughs> no one's creaming anyone in this league at the moment. Every, every match is an absolute fight, so it's fantastic to see for Footy in WA.
0: Upsets left, right and centre, isn't there? And uh, no doubt, round 13, uh, we can probably expect a couple more and a bit more uh, shake-up happening in the ladder. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Monday Waffle. I'm Jesse Donnelly-Jones, joined by Connor Malice. Bound to be a ripping weekend of football. Hope you enjoy it, and until next week, see you then.
1: Thanks for listening to
0: the Monday Waffle proudly brought to you by the students from ECU Broadcasting.